Hello and welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. I'm Justine Leach and I have here with me uh, my co-presenter, Sarah Adelman. Hello, everyone. We are super excited to be starting this new podcast with you guys today. Um, Just a little bit about me. I'm a childbirth educator. I have a background in academia, working on representations of sexual violence, trauma and consent. And uh, that work and, and this work moving into the perinatal period has really come from my own experiences um, as a survivor of trauma and as someone who has had to negotiate what it means to birth and parent children in the aftermath of that uh, experience. And yeah, I'm just honored to be sharing this podcast with Sarah today. And I am Sarah Adelman. I am a licensed mental health counselor and educator. Um, This work is a personal one for me. It grew out of my own journey the journeys of loved ones, and the journeys of all the souls I've touched in my work. I hope to share my heart and my wisdom with all the listeners on our podcast. The Resilient Birth Podcast is one where we navigate trauma in the perinatal period, both personally and professionally. Justine and I believe what is uniquely beautiful about this podcast is that the you, as our listener, can be the perinatal professional or the you who desires to have a family, has a family, or may have lost children. We hope you can find what you need as you listen, connect with our vulnerability, and feel witnessed in others' experiences. We talk about trauma on this podcast, so please take care of yourself and meet yourself with kindness and grace. Absolutely. And the way that this podcast is going to work is that each week, one of us is going to pick a quote from some of the reading that we've done that week. And that quote is going to come out of something that really resonates with us that might be going on in in our lives, both professionally or or personally, or just speak to something that that we have been thinking about over the years of of our own journey. And the other person, so our our co-presenter, will will not have heard that quote before. And so we'll be coming to this conversation completely fresh without any expectation about what we might be talking about, whether it might be to do with pregnancy, it might be to do with birth, it might be to do with parenting, it could be to do with trauma. So we're just really having to stay open to whatever may come. And I think that this is going to be an exciting uh, and interesting format. This week, Sarah is the one who will be sharing her quote of the week. And I'm going to be listening hard and and responding with an open heart and in in whatever way something comes, comes to me. And so, Sarah, I wonder if you can just start us off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this quote that I chose to bring in today really resonated with me this week in in the fact of the identities we carry as both people who walk with trauma and as parents um, and how sometimes either one of those identities can make us feel shattered, broken, misaligned. And that story that we can tell ourselves from these journeys can feel really heavy and that brokenness can feel all consuming Um, And I was feeling that a bit, that heaviness. And so this quote helped me look at it in a different point of view. And I thought it might be helpful to bring it in 
to this podcast today. The quote comes from the book, The Beauty in Breaking, a memoir by Dr. Michelle Harper. Dr. Harper is African-American ER doctor who shares her own story and those of her patients honoring that each of us is physically broken, emotionally broken, and psychologically broken. By meeting her patients with compassion and empathy, Dr. Harper shares with her patients what they have taught her about the mending of our lives, allowing to come to peace with the past, and while holding on to the sports we have in the present. So I'm going to share the quote. All right. In practicing the Japanese art of kintsukuro, one repairs broken pottery by filling in the cracks with gold, silver, or platinum. The choice to highlight the breaks with precious metals not only acknowledges them, but also pays tribute to the vessel that has been torn apart by the mutability of life. The previously broken object is considered more beautiful for its imperfections. In life, too, even greater brilliance can be found after mending. Mm. Such a beautiful message, isn't it? That um, that we can heal and we can mend, but that the breaking and the shadowing doesn't vanish from ourselves. So this mended pottery, this mended vessel, this mended self is whole again, can be used to hold something, carry things. But the cracks are still visible and the break is still there, but there's more beauty there than previously. Yeah, it helped me honor the wholeness of myself and how you can sit in that space of wishing you could go back and wishing you could undo or have these traumas not happen to you. Or maybe you might have wishes that you never wanted to be a parent, or maybe you have wishes that you could run away for a week and just take off from parenting for a little bit and just escape these parts of us. And when I sat with that, I also realized I'm here in this moment on this podcast because of these cracks. And I love the work that I do. I love the people who I've met and supported. I'm so filled and passionate about helping others find the beauty in their own cracks that I have so easily lost the beauty of my own until I witness them in another. And so I think this work is really valuable to me. And I don't know if I'd be walking it if I hadn't had these journeys Mm -hmm. that led me here. Yeah, and I and I think um, it also makes me think of how our knowledge and wisdom as human beings comes from mending what has been broken, and that 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 experience enables a different way of being in the world that can be 
as you said, you can want to go back to the time before, but also in the time that you are in now, there is um, power and strength and knowledge that you can hold because of what you have been through and beauty in what you can share with others. Um, it also makes me think of, so the funny thing about this quote, it makes me think of how unexpected it can be that we can have these cracks sometimes, like we think that we've mended them. And um, and maybe we haven't necessarily taken a look at them to fill them with gold <laughs> and they feel a bit more just sort of either kind of crammed back together again a bit more harshly or we've tried to mend them with some invisible glue or something. And so, uh, as a, you know, maybe we could, can't see them anymore, try not to, to see where those breaks have been. And then there are times in our lives when suddenly that crack or that break becomes a bit more uh, visible and the or the the healing or the glue gets a bit unstuck. <laughs> um, the space and the, it opens up. And I feel this about the perinatal period that we enter it thinking often, not all of us, but but often we enter it thinking that we are this um, self who is mended and healed and the cracks are invisible or the cracks have been, you know, jammed together and we haven't really taken a look at them for a while to see sort of how strong that bind is. And then uh, things open up really fast, maybe in pregnancy, uh, just the feelings of vulnerability can really open us up to feeling just a lot more scared or awaken memories that we didn't feel like we needed to come into our lives at this point in time. Birth can do this. Uh, we know postpartum is uh, a time that that often as well brings up or, or makes us feel like, oh no, like I thought that I had mended this broken cup <laughs> and here it is and the cracks are really visible and I feel as though I'm shattering. I feel as though I've cracked again. And so that really uh, resonates with me as well because I think that uh, that can feel quite scary when we feel more like a broken vessel and less like a mended one when we're navigating our perinatal journeys. Yeah. And I think we're struggling to like figure out who we are in these cracks, you know, and, and, who we will become and, and what that means for us. And I think one of the other things that like stuck out to me when I was like reading this book and listening to this quote and thinking about what she's talking about, the like coming to peace with your past. And that can be really hard in your cracks from trauma because sometimes finding peace in your past can feel like you're letting go and letting go of the accountability of the, if a person harmed you of their harm to you. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me for a while. Like, can I 
see beauty in who I've become without feeling like I'm giving this person a past for what they have done to me. Because there has been beauty that has come from it. But I can still look at what they've done now with eyes of, that was not okay. And I have not forgiven you. But I have not let your actions shape me or keep me from parts of my journey that I have now found beauty in. But that was a hard thing to navigate. Like, how do I find that peace? Mm. Because I'm not at a place, and I don't know if I ever will be, where I will want to forgive. It's really hard because I think, you know, quite often when we talk about healing from trauma, mending the cracks, um, finding peace, finding the beauty in the self that has emerged from uh, our experiences, it can sound a lot like uh, almost, aren't you glad that that happened to you? (laughs) Here you are now. um, And... And it's a very difficult thing because I think uh, you almost need to hold the paradox that I am a beautiful person now and I have a strength and a wisdom and I have knowledge and I have um, experiences that I would never have had had what happened to me not happened to me. I wouldn't be doing this work with resilient birth uh, if I didn't have a trauma past. But what happened to me was not okay. It wasn't a good thing. It messed up a bunch of my life. <laughs> like it 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 really screwed some stuff up for a long time and that's not okay and 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 am I not allowed to stay a bit angry about that uh maybe that that's okay too right like maybe it's okay to stay a bit angry to stay a bit um mad at the world and at this person and to, to not, um, as you implied, give them the power to have shaped me in this positive way, which sounds absolutely revolting. <laughs> like mm-hmm. right? like um, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> um, when I think about it like that. And so like, how do you hold the paradox of that, that, uh, that I am a beautiful person? And that beauty is partly shaped by my experiences and what I do is beautiful and what I, what I do with my life. I get, so, so the walking with people who've experienced trauma through their perinatal journey is, is an honor, but at the same time, would I choose to, go through that experience again um, 
it's so hard. like I'm no um but now so many years later I am who I am now and I can't even imagine a self that doesn't have my history in it <laughs> like my so it's almost like I don't know who I would be who would I be I don't know yeah yeah that's like this I'm I'm feeling that paradox too of like who I am today is someone I like and I I enjoy and I've been driven to do these things that I'm passionate about but I so wish I hadn't been harmed but I don't can't even imagine who I would be having the path be different and so that's what when she's talking about have peace with the past I'm like I don't I'm still struggling with that. Like, how do I mm-hmm. find peace in this? And as I was listening to you speak, I like was envisioning some of my cracks being filled with red, like you said, that anger. Um, because when I first started working with men who abuse women, a lot of it was coming from, you know, that anger of like, this needs to stop being a women's issue of after the fact. I worked with men who abused women. So that was the dichotomy that I was working with. And I was so frustrated, like working with women after the fact they had been harmed when, why are we not working with the people who are doing the harm? And so like, that's what lit the fire in me to, to, to work and sit in front of those men each week. And that red sort of softened as I saw the humanity of the work too, but it was the heat and these different colors that like led me down this path. So it's not just gold and silver in my like cracks. It's like some of it is like these different colors that honor like the different emotions that came out on this journey as I'm walking it. I think for me, I feel like my own self is more fragile than it was. I'm I'm more vulnerable. And vulnerability is is a scary thing to to live with. Um it's also uh, in, in a strange way makes me feel braver. <laughs> Again, thinking about paradoxes. So like it, it makes me it makes me feel braver. And I carry myself, I think, after these years uh, with the knowledge that I can break and shatter again, but that I can also pick up those pieces and mend them. I think that was the thing that that really uh, that my own perinatal journey really made me realize because I was so knocked down by the power of trauma and of experiencing birth trauma because uh, my birth, my first birth had connected to uh, my, my experience of rape as a teenager. And that, that link between these two experiences, uh, I felt so shattered by it because I'd done so much healing (laughs) of that I had done years of therapy and I'd written a PhD that was you know secretly about myself and um 
you know, I'd, I'd done a lot of work of, you know, mending this this broken vessel. And then it shattered again. And, and then I had to pick up the pieces all over again. And it was like, that was, again, thinking about anger, that was enraging. <laughs> it was enraging to have to mend it again. Um, but it's given me this knowledge that, that the mending can happen again. So I, I kind of carry myself a little bit more softly. I'm, I'm a bit more careful. I'm, I'm, and because I'm a bit more careful, that sometimes means that I can be a bit braver in, in a strange kind of way because I'm, I'm gentler with myself and I'm gentler when the cracks open up and when the, um, the space between healing and trauma destabilizes and here it is again coming back into my life the there's a leonard cohen quote that that our conversation reminds me of which is uh, along the lines of uh there there's a crack in everything that's how the light gets in and um it's a little bit of a different way of thinking about being broken, saying everything, everyone is has these breaks, but that also that's that's how the light comes through. That's it's not just harm necessarily. But again, you know, is that okay that light comes through in in these in this sort of dark times? Like that's that's not necessarily an okay thing right like you just want to rage sometimes say this is not okay mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm sitting here thinking about both quotes and surprisingly feeling a little frustrated mm. you know um because i'm reflecting on my second birth where the provider and the system welcomed in my previous trauma and then it inflicted its own trauma on me through coercion and threats and um, non-consented movements and misnaming me. And a system that is supposed to be there to protect and serve and help when you're meeting this new soul that your body has amazingly created to do that sort of harm and strip you of that moment. I lost a year with my child because of the shattering that did. And I'm now working to repair that because I feel such guilt for her, this child having such a different postpartum experience than my other two. And I shouldn't have been shattered. This system was meant to protect us. Mm -hmm. And it did such harm, lasting harm, that I still carry five years later, still wondering if those cracks and that brokenness somehow leaked into my own child's vessel and has left some imprinting cracks onto them. Mm. I think that's um it's a very 
vulnerable sharing around carrying that guilt. When I hear you talk about it and I talk, you talk about what might have been passed on and the worry that we carry as parents around, you know, what, what do we give to our children as a result of who we are and what we are going through? And, and I guess my, my question is, how do we hold the, the truth of that that there is truth that we all pass on things to our children in our responses to them, in our interactions, the good days and the bad days. And at the same time, honor what else we give them and the, um, the opportunities that we offer our children to heal whatever cracks they carry and to be in relationship with us in ways that are healthful and connected. And something, Sarah, that you've taught me many times is uh, the, the power of that repair and that there are these moments when within a relationship, whether it's a parent-child relationship or a relationship between a provider and a patient or a clinician and a client and harm might have been done, that there is always an opportunity to repair. And that in the repair, there is a strengthening or the potential for the strengthening of the bond between within the relationship. And that's true of our relationships always with our children, right? That that we are continually breaking um, things with them. I feel like I'm like always breaking things and carrying the guilt of that and trying to remember that there is at the other side of what I do with my children, of what you do, Sarah, with your children. It's holding them in a safe relationship. Yeah, repair is really powerful. I just feel sadness in the need to even have to repair mm. around this because it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't happen to the birth givers I work with. Mm. And where's my repair? I'm never going to get a repair from that experience. Mm -hmm. They as providers are holding it as mom's alive, baby's alive. We did our job. And not knowing the pain that it has led to in our in our life and and the guilt and the shame and i think about that with trauma too beyond birth trauma like there will never be repair for my experience and maybe some other people's experience there's never going to be that 
So again, this like paradox of like, I have to now do the work to repair myself Mm. and to rebuild this identity because you harmed me and you just get to walk away. And I walk this journey with my child thinking often about what repair I may need to do, or can I go back and someday talk to them about this? And I'm still holding that. Like, how do I fix this? And I shouldn't be holding it. And they hold nothing. Mm. They hold nothing. It's so interesting because I feel as though our conversation is leading me to a question, which is what is the place of anger in the aftermath of an experience of trauma. And I have some clients at the moment who are navigating feelings of anger. And is it helpful to carry this anger? Is it not helpful to carry this anger? Is it okay to carry the anger? Um, Is there a place for this anger? Should I release the anger? What can I do to release the anger? All these questions within my clients, within myself, it sounds like within our conversation, right? And it it comes from time to time in my work with people, right? This, This question around anger. And... Anger is very sticky. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily go away, and nor should it necessarily go away. But it also sometimes can be. Uh, we don't always want it either. I'm wondering what your thoughts are. I think that it can be a really normal feeling and I think we put a lot of emphasis on what feelings are acceptable Mm -hmm. and what feelings are are ones that we should work to let go of Mm. but why do I need to let go of the fact that they will never be held accountable and that feels frustrating Does it make people feel uncomfortable that I'm frustrated by it? Does it make maybe a provider not want to be in relation with me because I feel frustrated? I'm very careful to not tell my clients to like move on or move through or let go. You know what you need to hold on to. And we are this beautiful tapestry of all these emotions and this frustration has led me to this work and comes out in passion and energy and vivaciousness of like why I want to do this to like how do I help someone not have this be a part of that their journey like how do I have these souls meet in a way that's honored of the importance of this moment rather than having someone strip that moment from them. And I and I don't believe that my providers in that space had any intention or malice to like do that. 
they are just going through the motions and not thinking about words they're using and not thinking about checking the chart and finding out what my name is and calling me by the correct name while I'm birthing. Like, But in that not thinking about, you have impacted that journey in that moment. I can't, I can't reclaim it. So I don't believe I need to let go of the frustration. I just want to make sure it doesn't consume me, which it doesn't, but it's allowed to live within me. Yeah. It sounds as though, um, you know, going back to the metaphor of this vessel that is broken and has these cracks now that need to be soldered back together that the what we feel the materials as you said before don't have to be beautiful right maybe they can be ugly and sometimes rageful sometimes frustrated sometimes just you know um just workmanlike like just you know like here's some practical material <laughs> that's holding this together and it's just good enough. It's not gorgeous. It's just, you know, it's doing its job. Uh, and that's okay too, right? Like that maybe that we can have in our healing and in our mending and in the, the pieces that we put back together of ourselves, that it can just be a bit more multifaceted, both some of it can be beautiful. Some of it might be golden and some of it might be fairly ugly. And some of it, um, you know, may, or maybe the, the, the language of beauty and, and, and ugliness is maybe the wrong kind of language as well. Right. So, because anger is not necessarily ugly. It's, it, as you said, normal, justifiable, understandable, something that I think as a woman, I'm definitely have learned to and been socialized to to put aside and hold down and not express. And so I find anger to be a very difficult emotion within myself, within my own body. But yeah, maybe that language of beauty and, and ugliness is not the right kind of language. But just allowing it to be that multifaceted, that um, multi-material that then, you know, gives honor to the fact that we are so complex and that navigating trauma and navigating pregnancy and birth and, and parenting after trauma is really hard and complex. And some of it is wonderful and exciting and fun. And some of it sucks really, really badly. And who we are as we navigate all of that and, and the self that, that moves, you know, in and out of different identities as we move in and out of our own identity of who we are with ourselves and with our bodies and with our work and with our children and um, that that can just be a bit more complicated than we've mended, we've healed look at the golden lines of this self that has been put back together again. Yeah. And I appreciate you moving away from the beauty and ugly, you know, 
dichotomy because I, I, I feel like that dynamic is one of society's ways of like holding people back, particularly maybe female gendered people in being like, you can't be angry. You can't have a strong voice. You can't like, these are not things that are expected of you. And why can't, why can't it be? Why can't my fissures and what I feel them, fill them with be exactly what I need them to be? And me being able to repair and mend in the way that feels right for me feels like true healing, not healing on the terms of someone else. Oh, you want me to heal and be filled with just joy and happiness and rainbows and sunshine? No, you need to know if I'm coming into your medical space, I might have tense shoulders and my tone might be a little bit different because I'm frustrated with how the system treated me in the past. And I don't have to change my tone to have you feel more comfortable as my provider. Maybe you should inquire why I have a tone instead of wishing that it was different. Because maybe in that inquiry, that could be the repair that I'm seeking. Like here's a provider who really sees me, who notices that I have a tone or I'm closed off and checks in about it versus just labeling me as something in their head. Mm. Because my my crack, what I hold there is true and and should be. And I have no reason to release it to make others feel safe. It's so interesting, this idea of entering spaces that maybe expose the vulnerability of these broken points within ourselves. And, you know, for people who've experienced trauma, there are certain spaces where you do just feel more vulnerable. So going into, for me, hospital spaces for myself and my own health. And I can do it for my children without any problem. I can be assertive. I can ask questions. I don't have any anxiety. But when I'm coming in for myself, uh, I have I have a very hard time holding the, the person that I like to be confident, assertive, able to ask questions. I have a very hard time holding that person in that space and instead uh, feel feel that the cracks are not just present and, and more vulnerable to breaking at this moment, but also, and so then I'm holding myself a bit more tentatively, but also that I, I am not who I want to be like that it changes me in that that um in those spaces and i think that that's one of the challenges for me anyway of of navigating trauma is uh i don't always get to be who i want to be <laughs> in certain spaces 
because I can't navigate them in a way that either ahead of time or after the fact when I'm ruminating about what I wish I said and what I wish I had done and what I wish I had what questions I wished I had asked or the the tone of voice I wish I had had like I but I couldn't get there at the time and I think that's one of the things that maybe I feel still quite angry about sometimes it's something that I think we in our work with people really help them to do is find ways to better be the person that they want to be in certain spaces but it's hard it's hard when we're feeling so vulnerable mm-hmm. yeah listening to you speak makes me think of what my takeaway mm. from today is um and it's being able to trust and sit with and just be with my clients in that deep way of knowing that they will fill their cracks with what needs to be filled. And when you think back on these parts that have been harmed in someone, someone who holds trauma, like I was a teenager when this happened. And so to think that with some therapy overnight or in a few months, that part's just going to release it and be like, ah, I'm free of all the pain and anger. Well, no, I didn't start working on this until I was later in life. And this teenager part remembers what life was like before then. And so like honoring that my client's parts know what it needs to feel. And maybe some of these parts have never been asked what they need to feel and given the space to it. So knowing that they know the time and they know the filling and to just have that great trust and be with them. For me, I think what I'm taking out of this conversation is to really be mindful of and to let go of this language around beauty and ugliness of of good ways to fill and to heal and bad ways to to fill the cracks or to heal that that it's much more complicated than that and that this language is actually unhelpful i think the more i think about it the more unhelpful i think it is because how we put ourselves back together again after trauma is uh, is enough. And sometimes the ways in which we put ourselves back together can be helpful to us, and sometimes it can be not so helpful. And that's when maybe we need to seek support and do some work around things. But it's but it's never ugly it's never wrong it's never you know it's what we needed to do at the time it's what we could do with the resources we had like maybe like getting rid of that language of beauty and ugliness maybe gives us a bit more compassion for the ways in which we have navigated life after breaking that 
have meant that, you know, here we are where we are today. Yeah, and then this dichotomy just doesn't doesn't fit, that it is much more complicated, much less one or the other, good or bad, beautiful or ugly, that it's more nuanced and... Uh, and I like the idea of using instead in the metaphor uh, of different materials. Sometimes those materials might be the materials that we had available to us at the time. They may not be perfect, but it's what was there. Sometimes the materials might be, well, we found a really good glue and that is working really well for us, right? But it doesn't look very nice. That's fine, right? Like sometimes it's we we use some string, a bit more fragile in this point, in this place. We we found some some school glue. That's quite. We really need to carry this this piece that's been put together with school school glue just a little bit more carefully because um, we know that that binding is not as strong as super glue. And some of it can be gold, and some of it can be silver. Some of it can be filled with anger, held together by anger. Like they, all these things, and we can hold them, the multitude of that and look at them not with judgment, but with understanding. So that's what I'm going to be carrying, understanding for myself and for others. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It's been a really lovely conversation. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. And if you liked today's content, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share with a friend or colleague. And if anything came up for you on today's episode, please take a moment today to take care of yourself, reach out to some supports in your community, and if necessary, reach out to a local mental health professional. 